1: What in the world is happening in Minnesota? Why does Jimmy Butler want to leave? Where should he go? The only question left is say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the Peaball Breakdown Podcast. Today, I am happy to have on the show Darren Wilson who is a reporter for the local ABC TV affiliate in Minneapolis and also is an ESPN radio contributor and knows everything about the Timberwolves. So, Darren, welcome back on the show.
0: I appreciate you having me back, Coach Nick. I'm not quite sure I know everything, especially with how secretive Tom Thibodeau, Scott Layden, and the rest of that front office is, but I'd like to think that I know a little bit. I also wish I was on this podcast you know, with them making a run in, you know, late May, early June, Western Conference Finals, (laughs) even winning just a playoff series. I wish there was actual stuff on the court to digest, to dissect, to talk about as opposed to all the drama. In fact, I was just texting before I hopped on with you with with a buddy of mine who's a longtime season ticket holder, and he said, at what point can we get back to – you know, the, the more interesting stuff being on the court, like going back to, you know, KG and Charles Freewell, Sam Cassell, the 0304 season, making a run to the Western Conference Finals. When can we get back to that point as opposed to all the drama off the court? Because that's all anybody's ever been talking about, you know, going back, you know, heck, even going back to David Kahn, you know, then into, you know, Flip Saunders coming back, you know, then Flip's passing, then Sam Mitchell interim coach. You know, then they let Sam go, there was a process there, they give Tibbs full power, coach and GM power, you know, so it's just it's been one soap opera after another, and now here we are again with the Jimmy Butler drama.
1: Yes, well, for those of you who are listening who didn't know what we were going to talk about, it is all Timberwolves and all Jimmy Butler, and you might feel like you're having a little deja vu because Darren and I were on this podcast in July talking about the same kind of thing, and I, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of an intuition, maybe contract status more than anything else, but um, the whispers were uh, kind of probably popping up around then, too. So what is the genesis of this remor- most recent um, you know, meeting with um, Thibodeau and uh, Jimmy Butler and-, and how this all came about?
0: Well, I mean, what's interesting is because it's hard for a lot of people to grasp this, and it's not all of it, but that the fact that there is some contractual angle to this that Jimmy was hoping— that the Wolves could offer more than four years, $110 billion. So based on the CBA, the Wolves made the maximum offer they could a few weeks ago, I guess going back now a couple months. You know, the first day they could make that offer in July, they made him that extension offer. He was hoping for more money. The only way the Wolves could have offered more money this summer was to get way below the salary cap. And if you look at what Andrew Wiggins is making, Gorgie Jang, Jeff Teague, It just wasn't realistic. So it was completely unrealistic for Jimmy and his agent Bernie Lee to expect the Wolves to get so far into the cap that they could offer more than $110 million. I'm led to believe that the Wolves were willing to play this thing out, then give Jimmy five years $190 million next summer. That is the max they could offer him next summer. Now, if he gets traded, ultimately if he gets traded, his bird rights go with him. So his new team could offer him that. But the Wolves were willing to do that. But I suppose Jimmy said, okay, you know, I missed how many games last year? 23 or so games. You know, I've had a few injuries going back the last handful of years. You know, look at Boogie Cousins. Look at Isaiah Thomas. It happens where you think a guy is going to make a ton of money, and that guy breaks down. If I can get my $100 million plus right now, let me get it right now. So there was a contractual element to this. But make no mistake – he doesn't know how he fits here with Carl Anthony Towns, with Andrew Wiggins. You know, who's the alpha dog? Whose team is this moving forward? So, trust me, it's not all contractual. That's just – that's a tentacle to this. You know, if everything was kumbaya on the court, I think Jimmy would have played this thing out, and he would have either then taken the 5 one ninety next summer or just gotten to the point where, okay – You know, maybe he didn't know if he wanted to be here long-term. Then he could have left next summer as a free agent. But coming out so publicly now, maybe not him directly, but it's pretty clear that the leak came from his camp. I'd be shocked if it wasn't somebody in his circle that leaked the story earlier this week that that he did request a a trade in that meeting with, with Tom Thibodeau in Los Angeles on Tuesday. You know, so I think the power play here is he wants to go to a team that he knows will pay him a ton of money, where his bird rights transfer. So it's not a tactic that that I necessarily agree with. I know some prominent agents who represent some big-time players who I texted with in the last 24 hours who said, I can't believe that Jimmy's agent let it play out this way, that there was a better way to handle the situation. But nonetheless, Coach Nick, I mean, this this is where we are at. Jimmy wants out. Now, whether the Wolves satisfy that request, I can just tell you my intel as of as of Wednesday night is that Tom Thibodeau is is not itching to move Jimmy eventually I think you have to move him you have to get something for him when you know he doesn't want to be here beyond the season and he really doesn't even want to be here next Monday for media day next Tuesday for the first day of practice you know but at some point you have to move him. you have to get something for him but I'm told right now that Tibbs has no immediate intention to move Jimmy Butler. So this will be very interesting because I do. I'm telling you, Coach Nick, I think they have to move him eventually. Maybe you don't need to move him in the next week or two, but you have to move him before the deadline. You have to get something for him. You can't just lose him and get nothing in return.
1: You know, it's it's kind of remarkable because we just went through a saga with Kawhi Leonard and Popovich where you never would have thought in a million years that they would ever get on the other side of each other and if you had to think of the next pairing that would be like that, it would certainly be Butler and Thibodeau. Like it doesn't—it's almost unbelievable. Um, is there? Do we have any other inclination as to like—is this really about just uh, him wanting to get out of there, and it's nothing personal with with Tibbs, or or do we have any other insight into that?
0: Well, I mean, I've I've seen some reports the last couple of days. You know, people suggesting that Tibbs and Jimmy Butler aren't as close as a lot of us think, which might be true. But I'll tell you this much. There's no doubt in my mind that the player that Tibbs last year texted with the most, talked to the most after practice on the phone was Jimmy Butler. You know, so maybe Tibbs doesn't have a close you know, relationship with anybody, but I'm just telling you the player that he had the closest relationship with was Jimmy. You think about 14 months ago, Coach Nick, they did this huge press conference at Mall of America. There were 1,000 fans there. It was this huge celebration. Jimmy endeared himself to the image. Remember, he gave out—he's got ten different cell phones—but he gave out one of his cell phone numbers, you know, for people to reach out. He talked about how he was going to, you know, connect to the community here in the Twin Cities. You know, he talked about how much, you know, he's he's grateful to, to Tibbs for, for reconnecting the two. You know, and now just 14 months later, it's it's blown up. I almost—I do, in fact—I feel bad for Tibbs. Yeah, you know, because Tibbs went to owner Glenn Taylor because Glenn wasn't necessarily on board with moving Zach Levine. That was Flip Saunders' vision. right? Like flip Saunders was keeping these guys together. Now we can debate whether long term Levine, Wiggins, and Towns was a threesome that could go a far away. And we can debate that. But I'm just telling you, that was Flip's vision. You know, Flip passes away. You know, Sam Mitchell takes over for the years, an interim coach, Bill Newton, interim GM. You know, they blows that thing up and because of uh, the search from Corn Ferry, ends up settling on Tibbs, and it gives Tibbs all this power, you know. And then Tibbs, after one season of coaching Levine, you know, goes to Glenn and says, "Hey, you know, let me bring my guy in, Jimmy." You know, and I'm sure, I'm sure Glenn said, "Are you sure you can keep him long term? You know, he's only under contract for two more years. Are you positive you can make this thing work?" And I'm sure Tibbs said, "Yeah, don't worry about that. I'll make this thing work." Yeah. And now, just 14 months later. It hasn't worked. You know, so I do. I feel bad for Tiff because he put, he put his ass in the line there with, with the owner. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's inevitable, Coach Nick. I, I don't know when, but it is going to happen. And Tom Thibodeau is not going to work the duration of his contract. He signed a five-year deal for $40 million. He's entering year three. It's hard for me to see him getting to year four. Certainly just about impossible in my mind seeing him get to year five. So, you know, he put his job on the line, you know, going to the owner saying, hey, let's make this move for Jimmy. And it's blown up in his face just 14 months later.
1: Wow. Well, you know, it's funny because without question, if you ask Tibbs from his point of view, the perfect player for him is Jimmy Butler. I'm sure that's the guy who, you know. So I'm sure from (laughs) his end, he's in love with Jimmy Butler, wants him to stay, wants him to do everything he can. Um, So you feel like if we had to talk about uh, contract, Versus, um, you know, fit on the court and you know, all those different things. What percentage would you say is motivating him to get out of there uh, in terms of contract versus the way it's going on the court?
0: I mean, I would say fit on the court is over fifty percent. Now, I'm telling you because his agent is is certainly happy to do interviews, tweet, and all that. You know, when the agent decides to, to cut open their vein on this front, he's going to take the contract angle, that I can promise you. And I'm telling you, there, there is an element to this. But I'm just saying, if, if last year went really well, and you can actually argue it went relatively well when Jimmy played the 59 games that he played, the Wolves had a really good record. Maybe they didn't always defend the way that you'd want them to defend, but they won a good amount of games. They were on pace to go 51 and 31. You know, that would be good enough for the number three seed in the West. So you can actually make a case that Jimmy with these guys was a good fit on the court, but in his mind, he just feels like he's not, you know, he doesn't know how to lead these young guys, you know, certainly him and cat butted heads, him and Andrew Wiggins, you know, Andrew is such a mild mannered guy, but, but certainly I think him and Andrew had some, had some, you know, conflicts, you know, at least some disagreements, you know, and then certainly Tibbs. you know, being a cheery guy, You know, my understanding is that Cat at times felt like that it was Tibbs and Jimmy against him. You know, and I just, I I would think, you know, and and Coach Nick, you probably know this way better than me, but I would just think, you know, especially when you're dealing with millennials, there's a different way to deal with them. You know, and I'm not quite sure that Jimmy knows how to communicate with these 22, 23-year-olds. I'm not quite sure Tibbs is really good at communicating with these 22, 23-year-olds. Yeah, so I'm just telling you to answer your question. I'm just I'm just telling you, Coach to answer your question. I'm positive it's over fifty percent on the court, but I can't tell you that it's ninety-five percent because I do think there is there's a little bit with the contract where his good rights transfer so he can go to a new team because he wants to be with a new team and still make the hundred and ninety million dollars.
1: That's very true. There's just a limited amount of teams that can afford to pay him, and I'm not even sure that he's completely worth that. But one thing that is worth it and more is a shave from Harry's razors. I'm telling you, I've shaved with plenty of razors in my lifetime and none have been as smooth as Harry's. Plus, their razors feel great in your hand, just like a smooth crossover that breaks your defender's ankles. These Precision Razors are made from a German factory that's been making high quality razors for over 95 years. And they've got lots of other products you have to check out like sweet-smelling body wash, exfoliating face soap, and more. So, if you want to truly be in the conversation, and I know you do, then head over to harrys.com slash coachnick, and you'll get a free trial set that comes with a weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade eraser with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. It's a $13 value, and I know you'll be hooked like Kareem. So do a rim run, write to harrius.com slash coach Nick, get your free trial set, and think of me each time you shave your face. Well, you know, it's funny because what you mentioned about millennials and how you coach him, certainly what I've heard is that, uh, you know, the younger players certainly, you know, it, it's grading the way Thibodeau coaches. And you know, I've talked about this a lot on Twitter and on the podcast. If you can, what I can hear on TV and it's funny because I was in Minneapolis to cover a game last year and it got canceled. I never actually got a chance to be the right, you know, near and hear him up close. Uh, but, you know, what you can hear on TV indicates enough that like the constant bellowing, the constant grinding of it uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't work for a lot of people. Now, Jimmy Butler, it works for and I, he, he's probably convinced that it won't work any other way. And I know we saw him with um, Hoiberg in Chicago, who isn't uh, in your face, isn't up and yelling all the time. And he, you know, no, bristled no. against that. <laughs> yeah. But but Jimmy Butler still plays really hard. Like I don't think he even understands that a positive coach will, in that setting, will still get the most out of him. He'll still play as hard as he can. Like I, I think he's just convinced himself he needs that, and then maybe everybody else needs that. But without question, what I've heard is that it is a problem, and I think that this is bigger than, than just Jimmy Butler leaving. I think it's it's Thibs' uh, um, job on the line here because I think the ownership could easily look at this and say, you know, this style isn't working. You came in as a defensive coach who was going to you know teach these guys – And it ain't working at all. I mean, they really struggled defensively compared to what he had in Chicago.
0: You're right. Now, to Tibbs' credit, because I don't want to turn this into 10 minutes of bashing Tibbs, you know, this was a franchise that had missed the playoffs 14 straight years. He took them to 47 wins. They went to the playoffs. So, you know, he did do some good. But, yes, to me, the end is near whether Tibbs is gone in the coming weeks or because he makes $8 million a year, it's a lot of money for the owner to eat with multiple years left in his contract. You know, maybe you make a move next April, but I think the writing is on the wall that eventually Tibbs will be out of a job. But I'm just saying, you know, there's certainly, there certainly were some positives. And I talk past tense because to me, whenever you deal Jimmy, you're going to take a step back talent wise with the West, that much better with LeBron, you know, like my buddy JB Bickerstaff in Memphis, feels like you know he's got a decent team that can compete for a playoff spot. So some of these non-playoff teams in the West got better. I think Phoenix got better, maybe not to the point of being top eight. Certainly Denver, right? I mean, Denver was, was one win away. They lose here, final game of the regular season. I think Denver is a top eight team in the West. So it's going to be hard for the Wolves to make the playoffs again. I'll also say this much. Go to YouTube and search – I don't know if it's Carl Anthony Towns, Ebedo – Tibbs, Towns, it was a game against the Clippers at Staples Center. I want to say it was January. It might have been February, but January, I think. And you can clearly hear Tibbs calling Cat a mother bleeping, bleeping, bleeping. I mean, you can clearly hear it. And you're right. I mean, this is in front of a national TV audience, 19,000 people in the building. So what the heck is he calling Cat behind the scenes in practice. Now, I've also heard that Tibbs has actually relaxed himself a bit in practice, that he's not a maniac, that he was in Chicago. But at 60 years old, you're not all of a sudden changing who you are. So I still think Tibbs at times is the same maniac he was in Chicago. And again, Tibbs won in Chicago. He won here. So his style in his mind, I don't fault him, Coach Nick. In his mind, it's – Style works but I'm just telling you my opinion is there's a different way to relate to these millennials and I just I think you know and you're an X's and O's guy but I, I, just, I think a lot of coaching in the NBA now is massaging all these egos being able to connect with your players aside from the X's and O's from the scheming. and I just think that's where that's where Tibbs I think struggles right. I think he works his ass off He is legitimately in the office at 6 a.m., goes to bed at 11. He's not married, no kids. He is grinding on film nonstop. Nobody is more prepared from an X's and O's standpoint than Tom Thibodeau. But I just think, more than anything, you have to be able to relate, to connect to your players. I'm just not quite sure that Tibbs is
1: to that point. Uh, and I agree. Now you're making me feel bad for criticizing him because you are right. I mean, certainly what they did last year is impressive. I mean, the thing is even more impressive is that they were fourth in offense in offensive rating, but they were 27th in defensive rating and still made the playoffs and without Butler for a ton of those games. So, that's all really impressive. But again, it also might mean that it's not sustainable, right? Like they might This is going to be the, the regression back to the mean because I can't picture any team being in, to be below 25th on defense, no matter how good they are on offense. I can't picture that team making the playoffs again in the West. And Like you said, we've been talking about Denver. We've been talking about I'm irrationally exuberant about Memphis. We're talking about the Lakers. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath again, worse than any other year we've seen. So interestingly enough, now I had a quick question I wanted to ask you. You said Jimmy Butler doesn't even want to be there next week for media day and, the, and all that stuff. How do we know that? Well,
0: no, well here's here's what I'll say, Coach Nick. The way it was told to me was in the meeting on Tuesday in LA. He was non-committal because because Tibbs, my understanding, told Jimmy or his agent or both. You know who knows if if they met separately. You know, or it was just you know multiple hours of everybody at the same table, but. But Tib said, hey, I don't have any immediate intention to trade you. you know, so the expectation would be that Jimmy would be here next week. But I'm told that Jimmy was noncommittal. He didn't say, no way, no how, I won't be there. But he also didn't say, hey, plan on seeing me on Monday. So that, to me, is still a situation that needs to play itself out because, frankly, there's no way that I see the Wolves trading Jimmy Butler in the next four or five days. Right, you know, so Jimmy has to be here eventually if he wants to skip media day. That circus on Monday, maybe I'd understand that, but if he's skipping practice Tuesday, Wednesday, that to me will turn into, you know, a, a big time issue. So, you know, Jimmy needs to decide what he wants to do. But I was just told in the meeting on Tuesday in LA that Jimmy was non-committal on on whether he'll be here or not next week.
1: I think you're right. I think this is why these teams will ultimately trade these guys when they say they're not going to return. And I guess you're right. The other thing that's on the top of their head is that he's already made it clear, am I correct in saying this, that Jimmy Butler's made it clear that he will not resign next summer?
0: Correct, yes. He told them that he has no intention of staying here in Minnesota, so it's in their best interest. Not only does he want to trade now, but it's also in their best interest to make a trade, to get something for him, while they can. So, yes, he, he made it very clear to them on Tuesday that, that he has no intention whatsoever of, of signing a long-term deal here in, in July. And, heck, even if Tibbs doesn't have any intention of trading Jimmy now, and I get it, you're trying to create a little bit of a, of a marketplace. You know, you want to waste some offers. It's not like you're under the gun to trade Jimmy tomorrow. You know, I still think if Jimmy is here for any length of time, that would be a very toxic situation. You even look at social media on Wednesday night where Nick Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins' older brother, had some things to say where you know, he's he's loving the fact that, that Jimmy, you know, is is requesting a trade, you know, then Jimmy fires back in a video that he did on Instagram, then you got Stephen Jackson of all people somehow getting involved and Andrew Wiggins then on Instagram taking a shot back at Stephen Jackson who called out Nick Wiggins and called out Andrew Wiggins so Steven is, is in the Jimmy Butler corner. You know, just it's – there's so much going on. And then there was the story from <laughs> from a gossip website suggesting that, that Jimmy might have hooked up with, with Carl Anthony Towns' his ex-girlfriend. Now Towns shot that down on Twitter. And I don't even want to go down that path. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I don't care about these guys' personal lives. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, sometimes – There's so many yeah, – <laughs> yeah, there's just so many dynamics in play here. I'm just saying, Coach Nick, to me – I mean, it would be incredibly toxic if Jimmy is here for, for more than even just, you know, a couple weeks. I mean, I just – I don't see how Jimmy can start the season here. So whenever the season starts, October 15th, October 16th, to me that, that in my mind is, is the deadline. You know, maybe it's not the hard deadline, like the rules deadline. I get that that's February. But to me, if you're the Wolves, when you start the season in mid-October, Jimmy Butler needs to be elsewhere.
1: All right, well, listen, what's not toxic is having you on the show. So that was a great breakdown for what's going on uh, out there in Minnesota and what's going to happen with Jimmy Butler. So, Darren Wilson, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and uh, giving us your insights.
0: I appreciate it, Coach Nick. And, again, let's do this at some point. Now, it might be a year or two from now, but let's do this at some point when the Wolves are actually relevant on the court and
1: not just gloss. Uh, okay, you got it. I will uh, I will hold you to it. You'll hold me to it. And we'll make sure to come out. Where we can talk about the great and wonderful play that's happening on the court and nothing else about uh, anybody's girlfriend or leaving the team. So, uh, again, thanks so much for coming on the show. Great stuff. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're a channel for conversation. You win. Are you in, Darren? I'm in, Coach Nick. You got me.